0: All right, guys, I'm very excited to bring you a clip from a recent speech that I gave at the library. This was live, a little background on it. I'm uh, playing around with a topic or a discussion piece about building culture and families and building habits to support that culture and kind of how those two things interact. So this is a working thought process for me and Uh, used the opportunity to speak at the Dublin library to kind of test my speech with this. Unfortunately, I had put a lot of work into my notes and the presenter view that I was promised would work at the library with all of my notes and bullet points that I wanted to touch on on each slide. All of a sudden, I get up in front of everybody and poof, they were not there. They were gone. So this is ad lib. So please excuse a lot of my ums and transition words. It was not my cleanest speech, but I did my best. And for those of you guys who couldn't make it, I know you requested the audio and while it's not perfect, it actually turned out pretty good. So I hope that you guys do enjoy this. And I'm looking forward to some fun things that I have coming up with the podcast. There's been some advancements with uh, some Uh, interviewing and remote podcasting things. I'm very excited to uh, bring to you guys here in the coming weeks. So enjoy this and make sure that you guys are subscribed and checking in for podcasts coming here soon. Welcome to the friendship podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick. And today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. As Dr. Olm said, you know the big thing that I've found is, you know, just like he laid out with those four pillars, all of that stuff is sort of underpinned by how well we can do each of those things consistently, right? And so how, where we're at with actually building those things into habits, and so we're going to talk a little bit about some trajectories, but really all of this is going to kind of break down into two main pillars for us. So our, our first one is this belief, right? We have to develop this belief and. Uh, this kind of thought process of you can be the one to change your family's trajectory. And that can be to whatever you want to be. So, you know, you guys have all probably heard the statement, I'm the first one in my family to go to college, okay? You make that statement, you are somebody now who is changing your family's trajectory, right? Your kids and people in the future are going to be more willing, more likely to get an education and follow in your footsteps and have that opportunity sort of once that seal is broken. And so this is, we're going to talk about it on the positive, but this can also go to the negative, right? And so if you're somebody who, you know, has addiction issues or things like that, obviously that's the thing that it plagues a lot of families, and that can be something that can change that family's trajectory for the negative, right? So everything we're going to talk about is going to have a positive skew for today, but we're also going to talk, just tap on a little bit of some of the negatives. So this is belief number one, and I've been very lucky and thankful to have a family that has a, uh, a growth mindset and allows me to sort of assert a little bit of influence on them. And I think mostly that's been healthy, right, mom? Uh, so we've got some pictures in here from a few years ago that are really fun to look back on that I added of my family. And if you look over and see, you're going to notice my mom's maybe 40 pounds lighter. My dad's maybe 50 pounds lighter. My brother's maybe 30 pounds lighter. Uh, so they all have made a pretty demonstrative change in their own health and fitness. Took me a few years to make a dent, right? And I was like going for a while, maybe on the hardcore, but, um, but you know, my mom now, this was the third year of whole 30, I believe. Right. And each year they get a little bit longer. Now she's adopted my dad into whole 30 every January for multiple months on end. And they've started to tier that change over into their long-term nutritional habits as a family. And that's made a big difference for them. So that's kind of one way. Another way we're going to talk about is going to be you know, other things that don't necessarily have to do with health. So big one, I've told this story. If you guys have ever listened to the podcast, I tell it a lot because it's one of the most impactful ones for us. But um, when I met Maria, she was about fifty dollars to $60,000 in debt. And we really worked on building her financial habits. And now she's proud to be completely 100% out of debt. She was able to pay cash for her own car this last year, which was a huge moment for her. That was like, you guys can imagine just the pride in feeling that moment and be able to have some investments and savings um, and be able to watch those habits start to turn over and see the empowerment versus the very first day when we started to uncover like credit scores and we got denied for a mortgage together. And we had to sit down and have sort of that conversation, which resulted in a lot of tears and a very challenging day for her. So that's something too. Uh, we're not just going to talk about exercise, fitness, nutrition, those things. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Oh, skipped one. Uh, Our other one is going to be that uh, if you guys don't lead your family, if if there's not somebody out in front, your kids are going to find this influence or your spouse is going to find this influence or your mother, father, other people around you, they're going to find this influence somewhere. They're going to develop their values from somewhere. And so if we don't have from a parental guidance standpoint, if we don't have some development of leadership and values, they're going to go to, maybe on the good end, they'll go to like a teacher or a coach, somebody who's got like good you know, values and they have instincts, that's a good end. Maybe in the middle, we're like TikTok, right? Instagram, kind of in the middle, not sure what we're gonna get. There's some good stuff out there, a lot of bad stuff, right? Maybe want them to avoid just a little bit. And then on the bad end is like they make friends with people who go down a dark path and all of a sudden like they're getting their habits from friends that have gone down a dark path, right? And that's not who we want to be asserting their influence on our kids. And so a lot of this stuff is all things that we can kind of be front loaded on uh, a little bit in our early years based on our communication, our values, and then our consistency. Uh, so a little bit about my story. I think most of you guys have known me somewhat, so we'll brush past a lot of this. Uh, <clears throat> this is me when I was 18, primed and ready to go into the military, 130 pounds of just absolute raw masculinity. So um, I was uh, you know, playing video games somewhat professionally. Uh, eating a pretty poor diet, uh, burned out on school, went to college, didn't love it, didn't do great, ended up going into the army. And that was a huge transformative life experience for me. Um, I was able to guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier while I was in the army. I had a lot of other experiences as well, but this was the most transformative experience for me. This is where a lot of my discipline, a lot of my habits, a lot of my uh, culture things that I brought over into friendship for those of you guys who have been in there before, this is where a lot of the culture and things that I've made dedicated work towards uh, have come from. After that, uh, we start friendship. This is uh, the first lane of the stall mats that a lot of you guys still work out on. Um, back in our tiny original spaces, Dr. All mentioned, we were, uh, I think about 600 square feet. So quite a bit smaller than this room. We had three rig spots that was out of our one car garage. Uh, which he started in about 2008, went back to school at Ohio State, uh, was able to graduate, um, you know, towards the top of my class, get a scholarship to Capital Law, and then now we're about 450 members over at Friendship. We've been in the same building now, coming up on 12 years, and uh, <clears throat> this is, my family this is one of our, our pictures. Um, I guess this is what, trying to look at how old Jeffrey is here, mom, um, probably like five years ago. Um, Uh, My wife, Maria, my brother, my nephew, mom and dad, and then uh, our newest addition, who's back there in the corner, Stevie. Um, So this has been something, this uh, healthy habits for families has been something that I have established from the culture that I want to at friendship and tried to help families on this from sort of a third party. uh, But now for us, it's really starting to come home as Maria and I sit and have these conversations about what we want for our family. And that's kind of what we're going to be uh, discussing about how we're building out that framework for the people of friendship, for the community around us, and then how we're going to bring that into to our family. Um, so you know, thinking about this as we we can always rebuild ourselves, right? We can always be better, right? Every single one of us can always be better. I was lucky here to learn. Uh, there's a, a common language piece here called Line Six in The Sentinel's Code. Line Six is a long poem. It's about 40 lines, but Line Six is my standard will remain perfection. And so all the time you'll see it tattooed on people, you'll see it across their breast pocket, it's embroidered on everything we have, it's, it's just all over the walls, line six, perfection everywhere. And the idea, the concept behind it is we always strive to be perfect, knowing we'll never attain it. But even if we fall just short of that, if that is our goal, then we're gonna be pretty damn good. And that's kind of our thought process there. I was a part of over 1200 guard changes while I was there. And I can tell you about one that I can remember was like perfect, where you're like, oh man, come down, all fired up, feels good. Uh, It's like the perfect clean, right, Carlos? Uh, Or, you know, you just, you, you hit that perfect lift, the perfect hammer throw, I'm sure, when you released at Olympic trials, right, Jack? You can just, that feeling, you're like, yes, like that was it, right? Um, So that's kind of what we think about with this is, you know, we're striving for better, only striving for better. We're communicating about, How can we be better? You are going to fall short. You are going to fail when you are talking to your kids. They have a teachable moment, right? You're out at a game and ref makes a bad call. Your emotions get the better. You're like, what are you doing? You start screaming. Your kid starts looking at you. Teachable moment, right? Afterwards, we got to go ahead and reflect and start thinking about how did I want to handle that? How can we communicate that ahead of time? How can we develop these values as a family and have these conversations so we are prepared when that moment comes? So we're going to talk about creating your culture. Um, This is going to be something that I like to think about every, every unit you have, every friendship, every family, every community, workplace, team, just keep going out. Bigger, bigger, bigger. We all have a culture. Americans, we have a culture. People from Ohio, we have a culture. Ohio State graduates, we have a culture, right? All of these things have cultures associated with them, right? Like when people just scream OH at hey, the shoe, how do we know what to do, right? Because it's a part of our culture, okay? Um, this is gonna be one of the things that we wanna start working on with our families, right? You guys have young kids, don't have kids yet, but they're on the way, right? Start thinking about what do we want to define us when somebody else is talking about us, when our cousins or aunt and uncle, somebody from the outside, they see us in our family and they see our kids when they're like eight, and nine and 10, what do they say? Right? What is, what is the feeling that they get? Um, and you know, what would feel really good to you, right? If your kid was very polite, that's something that's really important to you, right? Start thinking about it. awesome. Add that to our culture. <laughs> this was a statistic I found that I thought was really shocking. And I think it goes counter to what a lot of people think about their kids. 92 percent, 92 percent of kids associate their parents as their number one role model. And I think a lot of people start to look at this and think that, well, they look at professional athletes or, you know, they've got the jersey of this person, the poster of this person. I can remember my wall growing up was all Ken Griffey Jr. and Barry Sanders, this and David Robinson and all these people, Um, sports people, sports people, sports people. But what we want and what we need to realize is that your kids want to look up to you. They want you to step in. They want you to be the role model. They will go and search out things where maybe you have a gap, right? Um, Or maybe you're not, you know, displaying any sort of leadership in that area. They'll go out and again, they'll find it, right? So maybe on Instagram, maybe with a professional athlete, right? And we never know sort of where that's going to go. We had a lot of people growing up for me, Tiger Woods, role model, right? And all of a sudden, it turns out, like, Tiger Woods might not be, like, the best person, right? So maybe we don't want him as our role model. And they're like, yeah, but golf, he's a great role model for golf. And so, uh, but a lot of people, when we go through that, Tiger Woods is a really good case study on this, where you can start to think about um, he adopted a lot from his parents, and maybe adultery and substance abuse was some of the things that he adopted from his parents. So uh, this is something that I think is always important to keep in mind. We'll talk about this more later on. <clears throat> so. Your people want you to be a role model. Number one, know your strengths, okay? You got to know what you can lead at and what you cannot, okay? Uh, The big one for us in our family is is this. Maria is a very authentic human being, all right? If you guys have ever met her before, um, she's sort of a one of a kind in all of the best ways, in my opinion. Um, But that authenticity is something that is natural for her. She is always who she is. She does not apologize for it. I love that about her. But I also understand that my daughter is going to grow up with somebody who talks openly about sexual things, butts poking, all sorts of stuff, right? For those of you guys who have been around her, we're not going to have the most like prim and proper. There's not going to be this uh, holding back on language thing, right? And that's okay. I want my daughter to feel like she's authentic. If she grows up just like Maria, has that mouth, Maria also makes people feel very comfortable around her. So I think that that's a huge asset for her. But you have to know your strengths. That, for me, is something I'm not as comfortable in my own skin as Maria is. I do watch what I say around people, and I hold back a little bit. So there's things that we are openly talking about all the time that's a give-and-take relationship. Hey, that seems like something that you're going to do really well with, right? Right. Um, that seems like something that maybe you should take over. And being willing and open to say those things is huge. Involve your spouse, right? Openly talk about these things. We're going to give a bunch of hypotheticals later on, and these are just fun little games that you guys can kind of play with each other. Um, and Hopefully you guys can maybe go in the car and have an argument. With people, right? Um, and then build your culture. So we're going to talk a lot about leadership, language, and values. <clears throat> so leadership first. Be action-oriented, right? If we're somebody, it's really, really hard to lead uh, if you're somebody who kind of you know, holds back and you're always telling, right? For those of you guys who have been around friendship, I hope at least that if you've ever seen me or watched me work out, that I put forward the effort that I expect of you guys, okay? And I try not to in any situation when I am leading in that role to ever feel like I'm letting people down, right? That I'm dogging it, okay? And obviously we have good and bad days. But if I'm gonna talk about it, I wanna be action-oriented. If I'm gonna tell you to eat healthy, I damn sure better make well make sure that I am eating healthy. Okay. Number two, intense communication. I'm sort of known for this. This is my favorite thing in the world. Is and I've been around people, uh, if you guys ever know uh, Chris Sansbury, I've had the pleasure of watching him coach a handful of different teams now. It is the most intense communication you will ever see, and it's like seventh grade kids, and it is awesome. Like, I feel like everybody should have the opportunity to watch him coach youth sports because the clarity, the intensity, and how well it gets through to kids is unbelievable. Doesn't mince words, never hurts feelings, not something, when I say intense, I don't mean aggressive, I don't mean mean, I mean clear, concise, and to the point directly. So that's one of the big things. Kids really respond well to this. If you are this and you are this, you will notice that kids, especially teenagers and below, will really respond to you. And then consistent. That's the biggest thing. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about where we lose kids, where kids start to uh, flutter and stop paying attention to you. Why? And a lot of it does base itself around consistency. So we lose consistency. So this is, my, this is Jocko's, uh, when I think of leadership, I kind of put in some images here, just kind of like, when I think of leadership, I always think of Jocko. Uh, very intense communicator, if you guys have ever listened to Jocko's podcast before. Um, very, very intense communicator. Language, this is gonna be a lot about what we talk about, building your language, okay? And so, <clears throat> has anyone ever seen me do this before? Carlos, maybe, for sure. Okay, so this is one of my things. <clears throat> I'll do this to people. This was something uh, that we actually adopted in the military. Uh, basically, it means some, whatever you're about to do is about to get real. It's about to get very hard. It's about to be extremely challenging. Time to get your head right. Okay. Um, so this is a little uh, little thing I'll do to Maria sometimes. we got a tough day coming up. We're up at 4 a.m., master or something like that. Super long day. you got no meals in front of you. You just tap your head. We're moving on, right? Um, so language doesn't have to be, always be verbal, it can be nonverbal as well. But this is one that I've adopted with the people around me in my circle. It helps me keep myself in the zone when things start to get tough. <clears throat> food is medicine. This is a firm belief of mine. Okay. So again, this is gonna start to become some of the language that I've adopted in the people around me in my life. Um, this is something, again, we'll start to play with some lists of one-liners around the world that I think everybody will be familiar with. And food is medicine is gonna kind of be one of them. Low-tech, high-engagement. Who's ever heard this one before? Nobody? It's one of my favorites. Use it all the time, right? You see somebody, and like right now, like if Kenzie picks up her phone, I'd be like, or Sarah's on her phone right now. I'm going to catch you, Sarah. I'd be like, no, I know. I love it. I love it. I'd be like low-tech, high-engagement, right? So basically, it means you know, kind of you know, be present, right? And that's probably going to be one of our uh, ones on here. Uh, energy out is energy in. This is a big one for me. Right, So trying to think as much as we can about how much energy I put out into the world is going to be given back to me twofold. Okay, If I go out and I bust my butt in a workout, I tell this all the time to people whose kids come in, like, yeah, my kid's going to come. They're kind of hyper. They're like, is this going to wear them out so that they can go to sleep at night? I'm like, in the short term, yeah. In the long term, it's going to give them a lot more energy. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a catch-22. Right? So it's going to be somewhat better and somewhat worse. Learn something every day. This is a big belief of mine. I try to get this done first thing in the morning, um, make sure that I'm, I'm paying attention, learning something about the world, learning something about a certain topic, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, Obviously, lately, I've been making sure this is dialed in for you guys. So I've been studying a lot about leadership and all sorts of other things. And then values. <clears throat> so this is our last one. So we got three things here. Leadership, so language, and values. Okay. Sorry, I'm just making me take through. I wanted to go quicker than that. Who's seen the sign? Yeah? Notre Dame football, right? Pretty famous. Play like champion today. Okay. That is their statement. That is something that is ingrained in their language. They see this all over their locker room. This is everywhere. They all touch it. They all tap it before they go out onto the playing field. Again, it's about building a mentality. Is every single person on Notre Dame football going to play like a champion today? No, they've sucked lately. So if you guys don't know, they're not very good anymore, right? Uh, So almost nobody's on their team has played like a champion for decades, right? But again, you think back to our standard will remain perfection, right? They are going to continue to strive to play like champions. They're going to continue to work towards that. And even though they're falling short of it, it's still the mentality they want, the culture they want uh, around their facility. <clears throat> These are four of our core values as a family that Maria and I have spent time working on. Health, should be an obvious one. We don't need to talk too much about that one for us. Integrity and authenticity. So, we talked about authenticity. It's a huge one with Maria. Um, integrity for me, right? So, I don't want people to feel like when they meet us, you know, I'm one person in one scenario, I'm a different person in a different scenario. Uh, for this reason, right? A long time, I got rid of all of my collared shirts because anywhere where they said you have to wear a collared shirt, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I wasn't able to be myself. Maria was like, feel the same way. If I can't wear stretchy pants, I don't want to go. And so we stopped. Um, And that allowed us to be our true authentic selves wherever we were. Whatever we said yes to, whatever we came to, we were able to be truly authentically ourselves and feel good about that. Energy. I hope that if you guys have been around me before, my energy has bled off into you and hopefully given you something, okay? That's something that I always try to work on. I understand that everybody's got challenges when they step into the gym, when they step into my space or my zone. And no matter what has challenged me, that is an opportunity for me to give them 5% more energy today, right? Just with my language, just with my energy, just with a big old bear hug or how are we today? Let's get after it, right? Setting the tone, whatever it is. The energy, like think about how powerful that is. You can make somebody's day better. You can make their workout better. You can make anything in their life improve just by the energy that you give that other person. I think it's one of the most powerful gifts we have, and I think it's something that people don't necessarily pay much attention to. And again, when you start thinking about our family, like, I want our kids to just be boundless with energy. Like, if we have a coach, and they're like, I just can't get this kid to slow down. There's a million miles an hour. It's like, good. That means they've got great energy, right? We'll harness that in as best we can, but I'd rather somebody have too much energy than too little energy. And then curiosity, and I say curiosity here very distinctly instead of education, because education is something, like right when I say that, everybody immediately thinks of school, being taught, uh, structure, whatever it is. Curiosity is something that exists from now to the day you die, right? You should always be curious about the world. We should always be trying to learn something new. Everybody can teach us something. Everybody in this room has a field of expertise that they could teach us a ton in, something that they've devoted their life to, their education to. And being curious to ask more about that um, has been huge. The amount of things that I've learned from these two gentlemen is insane, right? Tons and tons and tons of stuff has influenced the way that I operate my entire business. So um, always be curious. Those are our family values. that's like our main four obviously there's other ones but these are the four that we've really picked out so we're going to go through some of these food be thy medicine medicine be thy food four s's these are my favorites sun steel steak and sleep all right um so i believe if you get abundant quantities of each of these you're going to be a happy healthy person okay um, and obviously you see, uh, there's like, see, there's a little green. Maria goes, you have to put vegetables on the plate. I go, yeah, but red potatoes and steaks, my favorite meal in the world. I love that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. You can't be, I mean, you can't be mad at this. Those look like air fried potatoes. Perfect. And I got Stevie Gus blitz in the corner, Maria over here. I had to cut her boob off. She asked me to. Um, but, uh, but that's basically what I wake up to every day. So it's pretty fun. Um, So these are sort of uh, some of our things that we try to focus on. Uh, again, just trying to think about how can we break that down into language. Those four S's, right? <clears throat> so let's go through some hypothetical here. Okay, school lunches. All right. <laughs> so these are all real scenarios that I've had conversations with with people uh, or dealt with very directly myself recently. Okay, <clears throat> so I'll let you guys read this one, or I guess we can read it out. All right, school sends out a calendar for lunches. You hang it on the fridge. You don't really check it out. Child comes home from school one day and they're just like exhausted and they're moody, right? They're hangry. You ask them what they ate for lunch and they said, I had a piece of pizza. And you're like, what the hell? What are you thinking, right? We got to get you. Now we got to get you a snack. You are unprepared for the day and you get all frustrated about it, okay? That's scenario one, super common, okay? This is something. My mom's out of the room. That's my nephew, right? This literally happened to my nephew like a little bit ago. And this is my mom telling me the story, right? Scenario two, school sends out the calendar with lunch. You discuss it with your kids at the beginning of the week and you start thinking about what you want them to select, okay? Start saying like, hey, on Monday, all they've got's pizza and (laughs) does anyone ever remember fiestada pizza, right? The Mexican pizza that we used to have. Um, Those were our choices. It was like pizza or, or Mexican pizza. Um, and so like you look at that, you're like, maybe it's not a day where we're going to eat the school lunch for today. Um, and so you start thinking about how you maybe help them choose what they can select. So you have a conversation about it. Okay. A scenario two, scenario three, <clears throat> school sends you a calendar for lunch. You highlight the days, with no good options, and you plan to make a lunch with your child to bring school or to bring their lunch on those days. Right now we're just taking it a step higher. Okay. Same scenario. We get the calendar. And now we're being a little bit more active with each individual step. Remember, we talked about action-oriented, okay? And so these are the steps that I started talking with my mom through. Is like, what is the process when we get the calendar for lunch? What is our process? What is our habit with the school lunch calendar? Is there any? No, there's not. That's process number one, right? We now have a a system of failure, effectively, because we have no process there. <clears throat> and I walk through each of these scenarios. What if? Okay. We engaged our kids with their nutritional choices. Okay. So we sit down and we discuss what a good plan for lunch that would be. What's something they would look forward to? Let's do three things that are healthy and one thing you love. For me, that's Oreos. Okay. So you're always putting Oreos in my bag lunch mom. Right. She'd know that. Every single day for 18 years, I ate almost an entire package of double stuffed Oreos. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay. So you give me like a fruit, a protein, and like an avocado. And then you get your Oreos, okay? So those are the three things, right? You go to the grocery store together. This is a big one for me. If you guys have kids already and they are of an age to be able to go to the grocery store with you, take them with you. Every time, make it a part of their life, make it a part of their process. I can tell you very honestly that when I left and I went to the army, actually really when I went to OU, I had never gone grocery shopping in my life where like it was on me to select the food. 19 years old, going to the military, whatever, the DFAC, and trying to pick out my own food, I had no clue what to do. Thankfully, right, cell phones exist, so I call my mom, and you can imagine being a 19-year-old in airborne infantry in a specialty unit calling your mom to figure out how to do groceries, okay? Systematic failure of our family there, okay? Um, So take your kids with you. Show them how to look at ingredient labels. Involve them with the process of picking foods, okay, and selecting those and then coming home and making them, and I guarantee you, you'll pick two things up by the time they're 16, 17, 18. They won't go to Chick-fil-A every day, which if you guys have a teenager, they will go to Chick-fil-A every day, okay? Um, they will learn and involve themselves. They will start falling in love with cooking if they learn how to cook, right? If you teach a kid how to make, like, an amazing steak, I taught my nephew how to cook a steak the other day. We involve him in this process, and he's like, he's like, what do you think about more butter? I'm like, there's never too much butter on a good steak, right? Um, and so he's just like loading it on and loading it on. He's getting involved with the process. And then when he tastes that creation of his own, there's that ownership. Hell yeah. Like I just made this. And now I get to watch everybody else's face at the dinner table, eat my creation, my production, 12, 13 years old. Okay. Very cool. Very empowering. All right. So involve your kids as much as we can. And if you constantly tell them when you're doing that, remember, why are we getting protein? Protein's building block of muscles, okay? Food is medicine. It's something we gotta do. Why do we have to get our vegetables in? Vitamins and minerals. Help keeps us safe, healthy. Keeps us away from chronic disease, okay? And these are things that you can be constantly reminding. These are these language things that we can be doing during these things, uh, during these scenarios, to start to build the habit of we go to the grocery store together. Something every single one of us does every week. Maybe now we do Instacart. We got on Instacart for a while. It was awesome, but... Um, But try as much as you can to think about what is habitual in your life. If you guys make food consistently, if you guys prep food consistently, it's got to be something that bleeds over to the family. All right, integrity and authenticity. This is one of my favorite quotes. I put a couple of my favorite quotes up here. 20 years to build a reputation, five minutes to ruin it. Always something, if you keep in the back of your mind, is going to help make every decision that you have in your life pretty easy, right? Should I or shouldn't I do this, okay? If it's going to ruin your reputation in five minutes, shouldn't do it. <clears throat> authenticity is about being true to who you are, even if everyone else around you wants to you to be someone else. This is, these, these authenticity ones always remind me of Maria because it's just so true. Um, and I've been in so many countless situations with her where, you know, you expect her to just not say something and then she says it and then you're just like... Phew. Well, you just should not have said that out loud. Um, but, you know, she just smiles, laughs it off, and on we go. Um, <clears throat> incapable. Yeah, she does not have the ability to not do it. All right, <clears throat> here's our uh, bad referee's mental framework, okay? Player on the other team makes a dirty play. Referees don't see it or call it. All the other parents and coaches begin screaming at the ref. I had a parent at the gym telling me this happened the other day, okay? This is something that you can all prepare for right now before we put up any of the results. This is something that if your kids are playing sports or about to start playing sports, these are things that you should prepare for ahead of time. Okay, I can guarantee you now, I've coached middle elementary school sports, youth sports, middle school sports, high school sports. Okay, I've coached every level of these. I will tell you that refs are absolutely terrible the younger they start. They don't really get any better until you start getting to like state level at high school and above, okay? So these are all mostly volunteers, okay? So one of the things that I try to impress upon my kids or the kids that I was coaching was, and regardless of if they get paid or not, they are volunteers, okay? These are volunteers. Without them being here, they, have you guys ever had a ref no-show for a game? I would always ask the kids. They all say, yeah, what happens? Games a forfeit. doesn't happen. You don't get to play today, okay? And inevitably, life is going to go on, and all you're going to want to do is just play your games. Practice is, is kind of the grind. It's the stuff you don't necessarily look forward to. You just want to get to the games. So first of all, you should be thanking the ref every single game, walking up. We had a kid who I coached named Aiden Hanna. He's coming up. He's a junior this year at G Orange. He's a pretty good football and really good lacrosse player. Every single practice for two, I coached him two different seasons, football and basketball. Every single practice came up to me after practice, shook my hand, looked me in the eye. Thank you, coach. I appreciate what you do. Every single one. Went up to every single referee for every single game that we ever played. Shook their hands. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you spending your time out here with us today. Every single time. It was a habit for him ingrained by his parents because they had these conversations ahead of time. So let's go through. All right. Raw emotion. Storm the field, right? Go after that ref. Get physical, right? See if he can take it. Let's see what happens. This happens. You guys seen the videos, right? There are viral videos of people attacking referees, okay? <clears throat> Scream with the parents. Get after them. You don't know what you're fucking doing. You fucking talk. Come on, I'm just screaming. Sir, this is elementary school soccer. <laughs> Calm down, right? Um, stay silent, okay? Uh, we're getting better, right? Tell the other parents and coaches, hey, hey, cut it out, guys. Cut it out. Let's get back to positivity. Let's stay focused, okay? Yell positive, encouraging comments. Hey, it's all right. Shake it off. We're moving on. Next play. Next play. We got to get back in the game. Bring your child to the ref after the game. So this is the Aiden Hayden scenario. Apologize for the negativity. Do that with them. Go up and show them. Hey, sir. sorry that our team started getting after you. You know, things got emotional. Apologize for that. It's not who we are, right? Show your kid that that is what that integrity and authenticity means just because everybody else is one way. They all want you to be that way. They all want you to yell and scream at the ref along with them. That's what the other parents want you to do. It happens because the other parents chime in with them. Because it's emotion. Be authentic. Be who you are in the face of everybody else wanting you to not be that way. And be the person who takes their kid afterwards and shows them what real sportsmanship, real integrity looks like. So again, these are scenarios. These are hypotheticals. Maria and I will go and watch uh, my nephews, one of her nephews, nieces and nephews' uh, games. We'll talk about this stuff. This stuff happens. What do we want to do? What do we want our family to be about? What, are, what is all our culture going to be as a group with our kids during sports, during these scenarios? Energy. Good. You guys have probably heard this around the gym a couple of times. Good can be taken almost anything. We can do good for almost all, all of it, right? <clears throat> so take it back to the last scenario. Um, my, my nephew's playing defensive line, and he comes over every time. I'm getting held every time, Dad. They never call it. They never call holding, and I just I can't make a tackle because they're holding me every time. Good. That means they have to cheat to beat you. Good. Soon enough, they won't be able to do it. Ref's going to call it, or they're going to get good enough, or they can't hold you, and then guess what? Then you get to start making plenty of tackles, right? Good. Is that challenging you? Is that hard mentally, emotionally, physically? Yeah, it's really hard. Good. why we're playing the game. Your energy introduces yourself before you speak. This is super true. You know, on the phone with a smile, always smiling before you meet people. Smile as much as you possibly can. It changes your attitude. It changes the attitude of the people around you. Uh, huge with kids, right? <laughs> We've seen, there's been a handful of people around us who make Stevie cry like on site. Um, and a lot of times just because they're just not smiling, right? Um, and then most people will come around and if you introduce yourself with a smile, and trust me before Stevie, I was very much that guy where I was like, Hey, it was, Oh, okay. All right. And just like walk away. And they just start crying immediately. i would never been around babies much. I didn't know what to do. Um, <clears throat> and this is one, uh, Paulo Coelho is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book called the alchemist, which he's famous for. He's written a couple other books that are very, very good. Um, <clears throat> and I'm very lucky to be enthusiastic about what I do every day. Um, Sid, I know, is very enthusiastic about what she does every day, right? If you ever talk to her about what she does, very enthusiastic. And Jenny said, I'm going to tell you about this. You don't know this, but Jenny said the other day, um, if you're questionable about baby formula, go and talk to Sid. She is going to change how you feel in a matter of moments. And just think about that because she's so passionate about what she does every day. She was able to not only convince Jenny, but totally change her attitude. We're talking about what you said about Sid with formula. Yeah, how talking to her is infectious because of her, because of her energy. All right, <clears throat> rough day. All right, so this is a super common one. Okay, uh, and and I got a little bit uh, uh, lavish with my. Uh, this is where we start to get fictionalized a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> work has been incredibly stressful. Layoffs are going on. Everyone around you stressed. You have to rush to get out to your daughter's soccer game. Stuck in traffic show up late, you're flustered, daughter gets hurt during the game, you end up in the ER for x-rays afterwards on her leg at 7.30 p.m. You know you have to be at work first thing tomorrow, and you can't get home until almost midnight. So I've taken some proclivities uh, based off of certain things, but this is a real scenario uh, that happened to me, and uh, a couple different things in here. But what we think about, uh, this was one of the things that challenged me more than anything in terms of my response, and this was one of those ones that I messed up. Right, I did very poorly with my response, and it's something that I have replayed in my head many, 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 many times. Communicated a lot about with to Maria, and <clears throat> we start thinking about the, uh, all of the scenarios, all the responses that we can have. Yell at the staff and doctor because they're taking too long. Right, where are the X-rays? Come on, what is going on here? Right, it's midnight paying uh you know who med vet right whoever it is thousands and thousands of dollars what are we doing leave your daughter and spouse to go and get some sleep <clears throat> go outside you blow off some steam you call off work the next morning you just put it off right just put it off ask a friend to head to your house and clean up hey it's been a long day i need your help you think you can pop over to my place clean things up a little bit i know we've got dishes everywhere it's gonna be a tough night when we get home organize DoorDash over to the hospital, get some food there for everybody. Research soccer and strength drills on one leg, right? We know that the challenging part is actually yet to come. That night's not the challenging thing. It's the fact in this scenario that your daughter is not actually going to be able to play soccer and is going to be on one leg for an extended period of time, okay? So what can we do to start making that better for her? Get up early the next day short sleep, get a few cups of coffee in, 30-minute workout, beat the family awake, make everybody a big breakfast. For me, it's French toast and bacon, right? If you want to start my day off right, French toast and bacon, right? So what if I woke up early, 4.30, huge, you know, big cups of coffee to start the day, go in, get my workout, come home, and make French toast and bacon for everybody before they get up, okay? We turn a bad scenario, potentially that we turned worse back into some good positive momentum and trajectory. This is energy, okay? This is what we start thinking about is, how can we ahead of time, before we get into these scenarios that are really going to challenge us, how can we have a predetermined mentality about the energy that we wanna bring towards our family, to others? That way, when we get challenged, we've already made up our mind. We already know. We don't have an option, okay? I use this one all the time. We'll talk about it, I think, later on. But um, with working out, right, so many people put things on their calendar, and they show up all the time, and they don't put things like working out on their calendar, even though they say that I want working out to be something that I do, right? And they never put it on their calendar, and thus, they miss workouts consistently, right? And so, it really isn't something that they're about because they haven't made that determination yet that that is a non-negotiable for us. That is something. My energy requires me to work out, right? Maria told me if I don't work out for like three or four days, you're like, you're a dick. You suck. You need to go work out, right? It's like, yeah, you're right. All right. I, yeah, I totally am, right? It totally changes my mentality. So for me to have my best energy for our relationship, I need to be working out. So those are things that you can predetermine. And then curiosity. These are all our good Einstein quotes. A lot of good Einstein quotes on curiosity. Uh, this one's my favorite. Um, Cause I'm very lucky uh, for me, you know, formal education was not great. Um, you know, I did well when I went back to college and, and law school and things. But um, <clears throat> you know, for me, I, I'm, I really pride myself on just being sort of a lifelong learner. I enjoy learning things from all sorts of people. Um, and I'm very lucky that I kept my curiosity. A lot of people have that killed out of them uh, at an early age. And I was very, very burned out uh, when I was like in high school. Um, School reading assignments. Hey, mom's back. Perfect. All right. Can't see this. All right. Um, So, mom, what happens? You ready? I'm engaging you. You're a part of this now. School assigns 20 minutes of mandatory reading per night. Parents and teachers tell the kids they have to do it. What does the kid do? Stops at 20 minutes, okay? Immediately. Because it's not about curiosity, right? It's not about learning. It's not about figuring out the subject matter. It's about the teacher said I had to do 20 minutes or the parent said I had to do 20 minutes. So I did 20 minutes and then I quit. Whoa. Yeah, you were animated about that one. So if you think about that, right, if we start thinking about if we're talking about curiosity, we want you to be curious. We want you to learn things. Then 20 minutes sort of goes out the window, right? Did you learn anything in 20 minutes? Yeah, I did. Cool. Shut it off whenever you learn something, right? So scenario two. Start thinking about two, uh, two chapters for tomorrow. Also a very common way that kids are going to start getting uh, assignments assigned to them. And so start thinking about how we want to navigate that. We have sports afterwards. We don't get home until 8.30. Again, scenario that happens all the time. Assignment doesn't get done. How do we communicate about that? Is that something we're going to get on our kids about? We're going to be aggressive. We're going to make them stay up later. For me and Maria, when we talk through scenario two here, for us, Health is the most important thing. So I would rather my kid get nine hours of sleep and not turn their assignment in the next day than I would for them to stay up late, sacrifice sleep, and get the assignment done. That is more important to us. Every family has to make their own determination and values there, okay? And so start thinking about some of these things and start having these conversations about what is truly important. And then the last one, this is the one that you know, we're trying to really think about, is this is one of our wellness mama things. If you guys ever want to, I have a, a list of resources for podcasts and books, if you guys want to take those. Um, but wellness mama has this and, and I always really enjoyed it is just every morning you guys pick a topic, whole family, read something 10, 15 minutes for fun, right? Um, me and my roommate in the army used to do this all the time. And there's a thing with a Wikipedia random page you hit random page. We would read like the summary and maybe some of the first few. And then we'd tell each other about what we got. And sometimes they were, like, fascinating. You'd go down these Wikipedia rabbit holes, you'd start clicking links, and you'd go on forever. And then sometimes you'd be like, oh, I got this really, like, weird, uh, like, stone structure in Scotland. And it made absolutely no sense. I don't even know what it was for. Um, but it's a really cool way to start thinking about building curiosity in kids. Um, and as they start to take things to their liking, start thinking about how it doesn't even necessarily need to be reading. Obviously, kids love YouTube videos. But teach me whatever you learn. Tell me about it. Why don't you to educate me on it? Did you satisfy that curiosity in your life? Did you learn something new? And that's just huge for kids. <clears throat> Creating our common language. All right, so these are our one-liners, all right? Discipline equals freedom. Uh, this is a backdrop for me. This is something for me. Uh, really loaded statement. If you guys have never heard this before, it can really go deep in your meaning. But in reality, what it, what it means more than anything, if we take it back to the scenario where you had a really tough night, if I wake up early at 4.30 and I have my cups of coffee and I get my workout in and I you know, make breakfast for my family, I get the freedom to have a happy family. I get the freedom to have a great day. I open things up for myself by having that discipline there as opposed to letting the lack of discipline or you know, I sleep in or I have a bad day. Some of those things don't grant me that freedom later on. Another good example of this is financial, right? If you have financial discipline now, that earns you freedom later, right? It's a really easy one for us. Same thing with health. <clears throat> Low-tech, high-engagement, we talked about that one, put it down. I nail kids with this one, right? Mitchell, God, he got this a thousand times, right? Low-tech, high-engagement, Mitchell, let's go. Be here. Be with me. Put the phone down. Apple a day keeps doctor away, right? What is this? Food is medicine. That's all it means, right? Food is medicine, okay? Apple a day keeps doctor away. Old-school one, right? Really now becoming more prevalent, okay? You are what you eat, same mentality, right? Event plus response equals outcome. So a couple of the people that I put on here, if you guys have never listened to Focus 3 before or read the book Above the Line, that is a great starting point for family culture building, right? Um, It's about teams specifically, but these are the events that are going to happen to you. These are the potential responses that we could have as a family, as parents, okay? So let's just take the most hardcore one. We're going right at it, okay? daughter goes out. She's 15 years old. She's dating a 17 year old. She's, they go out at night, they do what? And then all of a sudden what happens and what's your response going to be? Right now she's pregnant. Okay. What is our response going to be as a family? Get there ahead of time. Okay. Cause if your daughter rolls in one night and you have not talked about this with your wife and you get hit with that bombshell, right? You find out in some way and you haven't planned for it. Your response is going to be emotional. And I can almost guarantee you. It's going to be bad, right? And so, when that happens, if it is bad, you can develop long term damaging relationship items with your parents. This is something Maria and I have talked a lot about. Her sister, when she was 16, uh, had her first nephew who just graduated from college. So, we were talking about this a lot, right? Talking about what it was like having a kid uh, when Maria was 12, right? And her sister was 15, 16, and what that was like growing up and holding a baby uh, while your sister was still going through high school. We talked a lot with Cassie about it and just kind of what that meant for her life and how that changed things and what their dad said and how he regretted it. And so there are a lot of things in that world where things could have been better. Marie and I talk about this one a lot. Obviously, we had a daughter. How would we want to handle that? Okay. So that's a good uh, example for that one. Growth mindset. This is something I love my mom so much for uh, is, you know, even at, is it okay if I tell them how old you just turned? Even at 70, um, my mom just turned 70, she has the most beautiful growth mindset. She is still learning. She is still adapting. She just picked up strength training uh, in, within the last five years, right? Uh, so at 65 years old, never really done much weightlifting or anything before. Now she's, she can do jerks. pull ups. She can do all kinds of things. Um, so, so cool. And that growth mindset goes along all sorts of different things. Uh, spend less than you make, right? That gets back to our financial world. Sweat every day. Do the right thing. That's our integrity one. Treat others like you want to be treated. Another integrity one, authenticity one. So all of these are just little quick quips, right? All good things take time is a big one for me, right? I'm a big uh, discipline in everything, discipline in health, discipline in wellness, nutrition, financial, uh, sleep, all those things, relationships. All those things take time. All the best relationships in your life, I'm guessing, are probably also kind of the longest relationships in your life, the people who you rely on, bank on. Um, and then fake it till you make it. That's kind of one of my favorite ones. I say that to Maria all the time. She's like, I don't know, I'm nervous. I don't, I don't think I can do that. I just say, like, ah, fake it till you make it. Who cares? You know, whatever. Don't take it too serious. She never takes things too seriously. So, um, all right. So, uh, this is our this is our big kind of takeaway here, right? This is our these are our steps. Build your list. Okay. Review scenarios. What are things in your life that have happened that did not go well? that you didn't handle the way that you wanted to, you weren't the person you wanted to be, right? That you regret, that it bother you. Do an after-action review, right? That's what we would always do in the military, right? You take it back, you think about what could have gone better, write it down, discuss it with your significant other, discuss it with the other people in your life. How could we have done this better? Start thinking about those things, run through those scenarios. This is our, <clears throat> Maria and I, we just did, we were driving all over Colorado, lots of road trip time. This is our game we play during road trips. So we run through scenarios that we're going to potentially run into, a Stevie. We go through, so we had a hot tub. Tell Maria, what was your first time like a hot tub with a guy, right? She starts telling me all these crazy hot tub stories, and you're just like, oh man, you're like, what's going to happen? Steve, we got to talk about that, right? She's like, I think we should get a hot tub. And I'm like, I don't know. Those stories you just told me, I feel like we shouldn't get a hot mm-hmm. tub, right? Um, and so we can go through all those. But uh, these hypothetical situations are a really fun way for you to build your relationship, um, start talking about what are priorities important for you and your family. It can be things during dinner and breakfast. Um, and then this is what I do with my nephew. This is how I build time with my nephew is I try as much as I possibly can. Anything he complains about, anything he's struggling about, I try to build a scenario. How do you think this role model for you, right? How do you think this Aaron Donald, right? He's a defensive uh, tackle in the NFL. How do you think Aaron Donald would handle that? Think he'd cry and complain. Think he'd get frustrated and annoyed. Or you think next time he'd just bull rush that dude and take him right over and win the next play, right? Which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the whiner, complainer, right? I showed him videos of uh, a guy flopping, right? You see him flopping, that's like horrible acting. I go, you want to be that guy? And then you show him a video of Aaron Donald bowling to do or you want to be that guy? He's like, oh, I want to be that guy. Awesome. That's where we want to be. Um, and st- start playing these games with kids. He's 13, so it's a perfect time for it. He's facing all of these challenges. I was the most awkward middle school kid of all time, but he's like rivaling me. I mean, it's, it's, he's right there, and so he's right in the middle of that super like gangly, awkward stage. His head's all bobby and glasses and all kinds of things. So he's struggling with all kinds of stuff. So just engage with them. What are you struggling with? How do you want to handle that scenario? What are all of the ranges of outcomes that we could possibly go through and then, which one do you want to be you? Right. And then, um, you know, just try to think about this. This is always the hypothetical. You met your kids 15 years from now. What would you want them to be? What does success look like for you? Kind, empathetic, healthy, happy. Right. These are all things. Whenever we think about our future selves and wherever we think about our future kids, we always think about those things. We always go positive. Right. But that's something that's not given to us. We have to earn it. Right. It's, it's something that, Uh, It takes real hard, dedicated work. And that's something I really learned at the tomb is sometimes the most successful achievements are the things that are the biggest pain in the ass, right? And it takes so much more work and grind. Um, And then build your language. The frequency and intensity of your statements will determine their impact, okay? So let's take a scenario. Let's say, let's go back to the nutrition one, right? If every single week I take you out and you go grocery shopping with me, And everything that you buy, I make you turn over and look at the nutrition label and read it, no matter what. Doesn't go in the cart until you've read the nutrition label, okay? We discuss that every time. Then every single day we go home and we pack your lunch together as a team, as a unit, all of our family members, all of our kids, everybody together, okay? And that whole time we're doing it, we're talking about why are we getting proteins? Why are we getting vegetables? Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every week, okay? If that's who we are, versus the one time a year, right, where I come home and I skip school lunch because it was just pizza. That's the only time that we talk about it because I get angry at you because you didn't eat the right thing. Which kid is going to start to think that nutrition is more important? First kid, right? Because we talk about it every day, because we're intense with our actions, right? Same thing. We start to see so many parents come in and Their kids, Maria would tell you, the kids who come to the kid class whose parents also work out do 10 times better than the kids who come and their parents don't work out. And you see it, and it's intense, and it's it's one of those things where it turns almost backwards. The parents at first have the kids come to their gym, and then later on the kids are like, Mom, we have to go to the gym. My workout's tonight. I want to go. We can't miss it and the parent wanted to take the night off, they're like, oh, maybe we could just get some pizza and watch. They're like, no, mom, we've got to go. This is my brother to a T, right? Jeffrey is the one who drags him to workouts now instead of my brother being the one who drags Jeffrey. Um, And so once you show them that that's important, that'll be something that they start to put the hammer down on you. And then from a culture building perspective, you see this stuff all the time. And this stuff is really, um, I just realized they're all ones. Um, (laughs) This stuff is really like debated hotly and Leadership habit culture world, where they're like, oh, don't hang pictures and posters. That's not your culture. Um, I just think the more frequency, the better, right? The more people can see it, the more they show that it, you take it seriously. The more that it's ingrained in who you are. Um, you know, you see people get tattoos. Um, you know, whatever it takes for you to be committed to something, to be reminded by something, that's better for me. Um, that's kind of the way that I look at building habits. Be ruthlessly consistent, and disciplined. Real authority, real authority is built on those two things, okay? So if you guys have ever had a coach or had a leader, I had a lot of leaders in the military. Out of all the leaders I had in the military, I had one leader who was the real deal. And he sticks out to me like a sore thumb, multiple purple hearts, silver stars, valor, really low ranked. Why? Because he punched his superior officer in the face when he told him to go and do basically what amounted to an illegal order. Punched him in the face, got busted down to, I think, specialist, and this is a staff sergeant, had to work his way back up. So you're talking about a guy with like 20, 25 years in and the same rank as a lot of people who are like five, six years in, okay? Decorated as all could be, okay? Because he stood up for what he believed in, and he kept doing that, right, for his soldiers. And every single soldier in the unit Respected him immediately because you could see that his rank, that his career, all of those things were secondary to doing what was right for my soldiers. Okay. And he did it every day and he never relented with it. He was absolutely ruthless with his consistency. Okay. That person stuck out and he actually just got um, awarded a free house that they built for him, which is like really cool. And like thousands of soldiers came uh, and surprised him. With it. It's like really, really cool. I didn't know about it because I'm not on social media, unfortunately, but um, that would have been really cool to go to. But it just shows you how many lives he impacted for the positive. Um, So those are those things. That's kind of who we want to be be somebody worth following, right? His name is Sergeant Cassidy, Brian Cassidy. He was somebody for me worth following, and he sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, And I always love it. Um, And then we're going to brush through these last few because I think we're getting tight here. why do kids follow? <clears throat> we're evolved to, right? If you didn't follow your parents, you died, right? If, uh, if you take yourself back, we just watched the movie Apocalypto. Has anyone ever seen that before? Super intense movie, oh my goodness, right? We were not, Maria and I were not ready for how intense it is. Worth watching, right? Everybody should see it. Um, but it really does give an idea of how important mom and dad are and how important kind of passing along those traditions, showing those things are. Um, your kids, again, they, they are absolutely evolved to follow you, to be a part of you, to be attached to you. Um, so it's so always the first, most important thing. This is where we lose it. Number one, hypocrisy. Because I said so. The worst thing that you can say to kids, okay? Because I said so, right? Why would you do that, baby? Because I said so, right? She's not going to listen to you, right? Um, that's where a lot of people lose it. And this is true Kids can spot this out like you wouldn't believe. People don't give kids credit. Um, And this is, again, where we start to see kids in the teens class will actively tell Maria, I don't really wanna do this because my parents don't care whether I come or not. My parents don't care about my health and fitness, right? And so they struggle to actually get involved with it because their parents are forcing them to be there, right? Um, you guys see this now. This happens a lot now. Uh, track and field and um, cross-country are two of the biggest sports now because parents force their kids to go and do this because it's exercise, right? I know. It's crazy, right? The cross-country team at Dublin, I see them running by my house. It's like 250 kids on this cross-country team. And you see like the back half of the kids, they are miserable. They do not want to be there. They don't want to be running that path at all. Um, and the problem a lot of times is, Nobody's involving them in the process, right? They're just getting told what to do. So <clears throat> you have to be an action-oriented leader from the front, okay? It doesn't have to mean you have to be Michael Jordan. Right? You don't have to go out and be Usain Bolt. It just means you got to try. trajectory. Really cool. Appeal to authority, again, because I'm in charge, is not a valid reason, okay? Always something that we have to think about. Again, kids will spot that out. And don't be surprised with when you try that, what do you hit? A brick wall, and then it's like tantrum time comes, right? Because I'm in charge is not a valid reason. Kids will see that immediately. You can actually talk through, or really in the better scenarios, like use your logic to actually outwit the child, right? would be kind of the main goal. But teach them. to Actually tell them physically why I don't want you to do that. Be like, well, because I think you could fall and crack your head open. Then you'd get maimed, and you'd have a huge gash to your side. You'd be bleeding and crying. I'd have to take you to the emergency room. It would cost us a bunch of money and time. That wouldn't be very fun, would it, right? Oh, no, but I don't want to do it. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna let you. But I told you why at least. False energy. Um, so, you know, a big thing here and this is what I found with coaching, display the confidence that you've earned, right? Be honest with it. Kids again are going to tell if you come up and you start trying to tell them, you know, if you've never clean and jerked before in your life and you're trying to teach a kid like you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna teach you how to do this movement." And you're telling them how to do all this stuff. They're going to spot it right away. They're going to know that you don't know what you're talking about. This is where you can start to involve experts and start to go out and find people who can do it. This is where coaches of sports, you are always going to be surpassed as a coach at some point uh, with that. So be honest with your kids. Listen, I'm going to give you over to this coach, right? Jackie, you had one of the best track and field coaches of all time, right? At some point, there is probably a moment where you're just like, I feel totally comfortable handing Jackie off to this coach because he is world renowned and awesome. And I am going to fully support the decisions that he makes, and I'm going to stand behind that because I know he's a world-class coach. But even you saying that to your kid, it builds what? gives them the okay to follow that person, right? It sets them up for success in the future. Cannot expect your kids to take seriously that which you do not, right? If you don't read and you want your kids to learn and read, your kids will not take it seriously. It won't happen. They never have seen you read a book before in your life. Don't be surprised if they don't sit down and read. We're always looking at our phone. Don't be surprised if they always want to look at their phone. Right? If you take something seriously, they will take it seriously too. I promise you. I've seen it every time. We see these kids come into the gym. Mom and dad are over there. How cool is that I get to watch my mom do clean and jerks while I'm over here doing clean and jerks. See these kids? They're always looking over watching mom and dad back and they'll do it um, and if you're over there taking it seriously they are going to take it seriously and it starts to become really powerful really cool you get in the car you have the shared language um, and that could be true for anything right it doesn't matter what it is just even taking an interest I don't like soccer right Maria was a division one soccer player and let's say Stevie becomes a great soccer player and wants to watch European you know Premier League okay I will begrudgingly get into soccer, right? And I will take the interest in that sport and I will learn everything and I will take it seriously and I'll get up every morning and watch it with her because it's on crazy hours because it's on a different in a different continent. Um, I will do that with her because if she wants me to take it seriously, I need to take it seriously, right? Those are the things we have to start thinking about as we start looking at that. Build the culture, feed the, or sorry, build the habit, feed the culture. Um, so these are, this is kind of like, Our whole ethos, right? If you build the habit, that's going to feed the culture. And if you do those things, things will take care of themselves. One of the books on here um, that I love is The Score Will Take Care of Itself, or The Score Takes Care of Itself. Um, It's a great book by an old football coach. And the whole mentality around it is if you take care of the culture, if the habits are built in place, the score will take care of itself. You don't even need to worry about it, right? Right. And that's kind of that thought process. I think about that all the time, kind of in my head as a family, right? Squirrel will take care of itself. Think about how you gauge like a business, okay? I don't, lo- I don't love listening to a lot of like business metrics and we're at this revenue or this profit number, or all these different things that all these gurus try to get you to focus on. I understand that if I build a habit and I create a culture that is worth being around, then all that stuff will take care of itself. I don't need to worry about it. That's the way that I try to operate as much as I can. So establish values, build your language, live it with passion and consistency, involve and teach others. And this has sort of been what I've tried to do as much as I can at Friendship um, around the community. Thank you guys for letting me do this with you today. Uh, This is, you know, now sort of my passion as much as I can. And then obviously we have a growing family. This is something that, um, you know, Maria and I want to have more kids. And this is, obviously, I'm going to be in the middle of that challenge. You guys check in with me in 10 years if I do the same speech with you. Hopefully, I've adopted all of these things into our family and been a good father. Um, You know, the, (laughs) this is, some of you might laugh, but um, Fast and the Furious was one of my favorite movie franchises uh, because mainly there was a guy who I started the gym with named Tom, who, like, for some reason, just had a pure love and passion for the Fast and Furious movies. I didn't really care for him one way or the other, but how much joy and pleasure he loved these movies. Oh, yeah, loves him. Uh, For how much joy and pleasure he got out of these movies, you couldn't help but be infectious with just being along for the ride. And there's a great story that he tells in one of them. He's talking about his dad, and he says, um, you know, my dad would come home from the shop every day, 12 hours in the shop, and he would study and read with Maya every night before he would go to bed. He'd go and put her to bed, and then he'd stay up past midnight every night reading the next chapter so he was prepared for the next day. Uh, to teach her that next chapter, and you watch that scene. It's a really well acted scene, ironically for bad movies. And um, and it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, like that's the dad I want to be. Like you just hear that story, and you're immediately like, I want to be the dad who is goes that extra mile, who goes that one step further to make sure that I'm not just living it, but I'm following through with that passion and consistency. And 20 years later, after I've passed, my kids are adults, that they remember those things. That's kind of where I always take that. That's kind of my final point for this is kind of be the one who changes your family's trajectory for the better. Um, And that's kind of my final point. You guys have any questions? Happy to answer anything? I don't know if it's like really a question uh, type thing, but um, I have some resources if you guys want. Uh, It's just like a book and podcast list, things that I've found very helpful uh, throughout the years to help us build our culture as a family in uh, other things that you guys can look for, anything that helps you like with building a story, right? Creating your own family's story and kind of what you want that to look like, I think is a really, really good way to kind of tackle this. Thank you, I don't have anything. Does anybody have any questions on anything? Yeah.